stuck in our homes But you're not alone Our seven feet and knees We'll shoot the breeze COVID-19 has you down Down So stay with us and hang around Until it all works out I'm Peggy. And I'm Dave. Happy spring, Dave. Thank you, Peggy. How are you today? I'm doing great. Saturday morning, the sun is shining very bright, as you can tell. I'm completely overlit, but good today. Coming I'm up on to spring break. Yes. So I enjoyed a few days of Scott out of the house working to have him come back for a week and a half. Congratulations. Well, you know, yes. you've got to ease your way into it. That's right. That's right. So, so how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. It's a another gorgeous day here in the Northeast. Yesterday it was almost 70 degrees, which is fairly outrageous, and it's going to be, I think, in the mid 60s today. So, very pleasant. It was 83 here yesterday, and I turned the air conditioner on the day before. I had the fireplace going because I was cold, and yesterday I turned the AC on. 83 is hot. 83, you need the AC on indoors. It was just uncomfortable. And I'm like, you know what? I'm too old to be this uncomfortable. I'm not doing it anymore. My mom used to have a rule that no AC before June. For, I'm not, I don't play that. That's a ridiculous rule. That, that rule also in the in the days of, of global warming, that rule will become increasingly insane every year. Right. Yes. <laughs> so today we actually have a more academic podcast. Would you, I would categorize it as that. I would categorize it as educational. Educational, not academic. Okay. So we have, this is actually in response to some listeners and some friends on the Amped Army, um, ampedlife.com, if you'd like to check it out, um, who asked us to break down Biden's plan and the potential impact that it might have on the limb loss, limb difference community. If you remember, I guess, four and a half years ago now when, um, Former President Trump was elected president. We went through what what we saw might be playing out in the next four years. So in due diligence and um, out of a sense of equity, we are doing it the same with uh, Joe Biden, President Biden. Yes, we are. And I, I will say sort of up front, Peggy, that the Biden health care plan is obviously uh, if you compare to if you compare it to sort of the transformative change that the Trump administration was trying to achieve in healthcare, the Biden plan is more sort of business as usual and build on what was already there. Uh, so it's a much less, um, I guess you would say, radical plan in terms of what it's attempting to do to the system that preceded it. Um, whereas Trump was really trying to overturn repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act. Mm -hmm. The Biden plan is the exact opposite of that. It's it's basically restoring, reaffirming, and building on the Affordable Care Act. And that's kind of the 30,000 foot view of, of how he sees healthcare. Okay, so should we just dive in? Yeah, and I think there are two things we're gonna focus on today, Peggy. The first is we're gonna give a general overview of what Biden's sort of most significant objectives are, 
And, and we're, we're pulling that directly from the old JoeBiden.com website that he was running on. So this is going back several months, but it lays out clearly what his priorities and principles are. And then, and we'll spend probably only two or three minutes doing that because I think that's fairly straightforward. We'll do a slightly deeper dive into uh, the American Rescue Plan Act, ARPA, which um, most of you would probably know more familiar, more familiarly as the COVID-19 relief package that was just passed uh, in the past few weeks. Um, and that is the first vehicle through which uh, Biden is attempting to uh, drive a lot of his key initiatives. And while many of the things in ARPA are temporary, um, I think there's going to be a push to extend many of them after after their uh, current timeline runs. So I, it gives you a pretty good sna snapshot into what he's trying to do. Awesome. So um, we'll start with Biden's plan. Uh, in the, first and foremost, he ran on the platform and we assume he's still working towards uh, giving every American access to affordable health insurance. Um, this will be through increasing the number of insured Americans and giving people a public option for health care. Um, having the federal government negotiate lower prices with hospitals and providers, the idea is then the rates will be lower and health care will be more affordable if you have a bigger entity doing the negotiation and doing the buying. Um, better uh, coordination of care which I think we have seen overall in terms of healthcare. I think most practices, most specialists are, are moving towards that, having you know everybody kind of work together rather than work in your own bubble in isolation. Um, there's definitely a movement everywhere for coordination of care, so that's no surprise. And to cover primary care with no co-pays. So this is getting people in for their annual physicals, again, the idea being if you don't have to pay for it, you'll go, they'll catch problems earlier, you'll be able to stay on track from a health perspective. So the more expensive charges that incur when you become unhealthy, hopefully won't happen because you are staying healthier to begin with. Yeah, and I think a few quick comments about the public option because there's so much rhetoric around this and i think it's important to get away from the rhetoric and just understand the facts so the facts on a public option are this does not replace traditional health insurance so if people were insured through their employer today they could still be insured through their employer if people wanted to get insured on an exchange through a private health plan through an aetna uh, a united healthcare insert major payer here you could continue to do that and there would be this so-called public option. Now, I think the other thing, and I'm gonna speak from memory here, Peggy, my recollection was that when Biden was running and as he was picking up steam, he had not yet committed to the public option. And this was something that he committed to later in the election cycle under pressure from the Democratic left. And so I think it's it'll be really interesting to see whether this is something he truly drives towards right. in an aggressive way, or if this is something that he sort of lets the liberal wing of the party talk about and he sort of sits more in the background, voices support for it um, if he thinks it's going to pass or and then otherwise is sort of uh, more in the background on it. Um, so I think the public option is one that was certainly a, ta a necessary talking point for him during the election cycle. 
I'm not sure how clear it is that he will actually aggressively move on this. And it would not surprise me at all if he waited till after the midterm election to attack this um, right. and see where it comes out. If he's got a, if he has more support in the House and Senate at the end of the midterms, um, then this might be the time to make that play. Awesome. Uh, very good points. And I do remember he this was not something that was in this initial plan. So very good uh, catch on that one. Um, something that is near and dear to just about everybody's heart is to eliminate surprise billing. Um, you know, those bills will, will drown families, will declare bankruptcies, businesses go under, families lose their homes, all of that for the surprise billing. So the Biden plan is to get rid of that. Um, and I'm going to have you talk about the antitrust powers. Yeah, so this is a really interesting one because believe it or not, this actually happened in ONP uh, in the last few years. So the other thing that Biden says is I'm going to use the government's antitrust powers to keep markets from getting too concentrated around a single provider, a single health system, a single physician group, whatever it is. And this is, you know, the government has had this power forever, but it has not aggressively used the antitrust power, especially in healthcare, very much. Um, what, what I'm about to walk through is all a matter of public record, so I'm, I'm not, this is, it's inside baseball for ONP because not a lot of people know about it, but it is public. Um, so Autobach a few years ago acquired Freedom, um, the, right. so, you know, two different manufacturers, one, one larger, one smaller, and the larger bought the smaller. And what resulted from that was the government, and this was a huge shock, I think, for everybody in the orthotic and prosthetic field, all of a sudden the federal government intervened and said, wait a second, we're worried that this acquisition uh, of one prosthetic parts manufacturer by another now creates a market that's too concentrated. And the primary area they ended up focusing in was actually around microprocessor knees and um, saying that there was, and the government's argument was there is evidence that this acquisition was made by Autobach to actually eliminate a competitor. And um, the, the net impact of all of it was that after several years of, of litigation and appeals, that Autobach was able to complete the purchase of freedom but had to sell the microprocessor knee division, which they did to a company called Proteor. And so um, antitrust, the, the government's antitrust powers have rarely been used in healthcare historically, and I don't think, I'm not aware of any instance of them having been used in O&P specifically. And this caught everyone by what can you do? And uh, the reality is now that if you look at the, if you look at the component marketplace, you've got Autobach and Oster, which are by far the largest manufacturers of prosthetic components. And they're probably both in a position where they can't do a whole lot more without, at least in the current environment, uh, implicating the the antitrust issues that the government is now very engaged on. And so if you see more acquisitions among manufacturers specifically in our, our world, it's much more likely to be much smaller companies merging with each other. Um, as opposed to Oser Autobach buying anybody. And um, that's that's that was a really interesting development over the last several years. Thank you. I knew you'd be able to break that down. So the the idea is with Biden's plan, he's going to keep doing that, correct? Yeah. 
Yep, absolutely. All right. Um, a reduced prescription drug costs, which is always a hot button. I know. I know a lot of of people in the amped army right now are are still rationing some of their medication. Not so much. I'm not hearing this much anymore with insulin. I'm hearing it more with uh, different heart medications and things like that. That those are are still being rationed because they just can't afford it. Um, and then just address high maternal mortality rate, which disproportionately affects people of color. Um, yep. And and I think that as a mom, I really like seeing that one on there. That that we live in, you know, a, a country of great medical advancements. We should shouldn't be losing so many people uh, to childbirth. And yep. achieving uh, mental health parity. We've got to keep working on the mental health crisis that has been emerging for a long time. And I feel I feel like it's starting to crest even more with with COVID and the lockdowns and the stress that people are under. Um, the country, from a mental perspective, is at a breaking point, and um, we need a really strong plan on what to do about that. Right. And I, just going back to the prescription drug prices for a moment, which is obviously something that every president talks about, the the way this is going to happen, if it ever happens, and, and just to give people a sense of the magnitude of, of what's going on, it's a historical anomaly that Medicare does not have the authority legally to negotiate drug prices. So whatever a drug company comes to Medicare and says, this is what we pay for it. This is what we charge for it. Medicare has to pay those rates. And the the drug industry, for obvious reasons, throws, for them, this is a high pres prescription drug prices, is you are trying to get that exemption for pharma companies eliminated. And that is something that the drug industry, which throws lots of money at everybody in the House and the Senate, um, they they uh, exert all of the leverage they have on those on those lawmakers to say do not do not support this and so it's very it's going to be very hard I think to get this through unless you wind up down the road with a Congress and Senate that are so left leaning which is mm -hmm. highly unlikely to happen that they can do it um, I so think, I, right. I think this is unlikely to happen. I also think it's unlikely to happen right now because pharmaceutical companies are riding on a, a patriotic and emotional high. Right. You know, they came in, they swooped in. Um, they're kind of the they're, they're perceived right now as the the heroes of the country, the heroes of of humanity and mankind because they came up with the COVID vaccine quickly and rolled it out and and all of that, which is all fabulous. I'm not taking away from that, but they are going to make the case that they were able to do that because they had the resources for R&D and you take away the the profits that they have that they're going to hold the the you know future cures hostage in a way correct by the way speaking of that i was able to get my vaccination date peggy oh when is it it is easter sunday i'm getting oh, my first vaccine awesome yes I, which one are you getting do you know i think kara and i are both getting the pfizer okay I hope it does not make you sick. I don't really care. Yeah, at this it'll point. it'll still be worth it. I was sick as a dog. It was still worth it. So yes, congratulations. Yes. Thank you. All right, so let's talk that. That's reviewing uh, what Biden had laid out when he was candidate Biden. Um, 
and it's what we have to go off of what's going to happen during a Biden presidency. Um, so let's talk about what's already happened, which is the American Rescue Plan Act, um, which you called ARPA. Yes. Yeah, I, I, to me, I think that sounds like a seal, so I'm not going to be able to do that. But okay. the, the Rescue Plan Act. So let's go into that, Dave. Yeah. And for those of you who are saying, I've never heard of this thing. What are you talking about? This is actually the recently passed COVID-19 relief package. And right. embedded in that package are a host of healthcare uh, related provisions that uh, are largely consistent with what we just walked you through uh, when we said here are some of the, the broader principles of, of a Biden administration. So here's what the, the American Rescue Plan Act uh, focuses on. First, it temporarily increases premium subsidies for people purchasing coverage on the exchange. Um, and it's temporarily extending those subsidies to more people um, in particular, people who are earning a, more money than historically were eligible to receive subsidies. Uh, if, if you go back through the archives and listen to Peggy and me talking about uh, the, the shortcomings of the Affordable Care Act, one of them was that people who were earning more, you know, significantly more than federal poverty level, but who by no means could be considered wealthy, were being forced to pay enormous out-of-pocket right. costs for the, for healthcare premiums uh, on the exchanges, and they got no relief at all. So it was really squeezing the middle class. And so this is extending those subsidies to more people. And it's doing both of those things by offering larger tax credits to lower the monthly premiums. In addition, the statute um, caps how much of your monthly income can be used to pay for an exchange plan. So under this new law, if your premium is higher than eight and a half percent of your modified adjusted gross income, anything above that eight and a half percent now gets picked up by federal subsidy. So you are capped at paying no more than eight and a half percent of your modified adjusted gross income. Dave, talk to me for a minute about what your modified adjusted gross income, how that is calculated. Do you know? I did look this up and I will not pretend that I fully understand its intricacies, but from my quick review, for most people, their modified adjusted gross income is going to be the same thing as their adjusted gross income. It's okay. basically what they what they make. Um, their the modified adjusted gross income takes into account a few additional factors um, that I don't think for most people will apply. Um, okay. But it, it is a technical term. And uh, if you look it up online, if you just Google modified adjusted gross income and um, American Rescue Plan Act, you can get a, a very quickly to a, a definition that will probably make more sense than what I just said. Um, in addition, um, the, the new law decreases the amount poorer Americans have to pay for health insurance. So before it, uh, people earning 150% of the federal poverty level, which is about $19,000 a year, had to pay roughly $800 a year in premiums. And for people at that income level, again, $19,000 a year mm -hmm. is now saying these premiums are going to be completely subsidized by the government. Um, it's also going to provide, interestingly, subsidies for COBRA coverage. So if you're on COBRA because you were laid off in 2020, and this applies specifically to people laid off last year as a result of the pandemic, if you are paying COBRA out of pocket today, starting in just a few days in April and ending in October, this law will provide full subsidies for those payments. So if right now you're paying and, and COBRA coverage is not inexpensive. It's expensive. Yeah, it is. 
you're paying just a commercial insurance rate plus usually a 2% administrative fee that your employer tax on. So uh, I, I know these plans typically can be over $1,000 a month. And if you're a family, it can be considerably mm -hmm. more than that. Um, you will get fully subsidized for that beginning in April and ending in October. And when we just talk about sort of what's the scope of these changes, like how, how do people see it? Um, when I was looking at the articles, one expert said, this is likely the largest changes in ACA provisions since the passage of the ACA. So just for a sense of how people see what it is that's happening in the American Rescue Plan Act, uh, that's what one expert described it as. And as I, as I alluded to, Peggy, right at the beginning of this section, I think the key question long-term becomes, will these truly be temporary changes or will there be support for extending them beyond the current right. uh, the current temporary increases that we're talking about? Once people get used to paying lower premiums and having increased subsidies, it's going to be a much harder sell for anybody to go and, and remove that. Exactly. And it becomes more difficult for politicians to step away yeah. from it as well. Interesting. I'm glad you broke this down, Dave. I think that um, people, when they knew about the COVID-19 relief package, obviously they knew about the stimulus money that that was included for for every American, for most for most people that would be coming. But I don't think that most people understood all of the other things that were tacked into this bill. Sure. Well, and I think the the other thing that you know we should just quickly say, because we notice at no point in here did we really talk about what does this do for orthotic or prosthetic coverage? And the, the ultimate answer is a Biden administration is not going to roll back any coverages for right. orthotics and prosthetics. They're going to continue to assert and protect the, um, the same principles that are embedded in the Affordable Care Act, uh, particularly the essential health benefits, which requires coverage of these items and um and keeping keeping the exclusion on lifetime benefit limits that have proven i think for most most people in our community to be a really positive thing so overall if you talk specifically about will this affect whether or not i can get a prosthesis will it restrict my ability to do that more than um than it did over the last four years the answer is no that should remain relatively unchanged very good thank you Thank you for You're doing welcome. all this legwork on it and, and getting all of this information. I appreciate it, and I know that um, our listeners will appreciate it as well. I hope so. Yes. All right. All right. Well, have a lovely day. You too. We'll talk soon. Take care. Bye. We're stuck in our home.